Hi guys, uh, welcome to the second episode of The Village Idiot. In this episode, we're talking to Richard again. The topic of this episode is uh, coronavirus and its possible genesis. One of the theories uh, going around is uh, China had a hand in creating it and thereafter uh, spreading it around the world in order to achieve its uh, eventual aim of world domination. So we deliberate about that and then we go about talking about how it's affected different aspects of our life. So I think it's uh, it's quite uh, an interesting chat that we had and I'd love for you to hear it. So go ahead and enjoy and if you do like it, don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy. Couple of footnotes. Uh, the Full form of the abbreviation CCP, I found out, stands for Chinese Communist Party. And this episode was also uh, actually recorded on the 29th of May. Slightly delayed in its uh, broadcast, uh, but there you go. Enjoy. All right. Just saw a really cool documentary on uh, coronavirus. It's actually aptly titled. I'm not sure if this is a fact, but when it came out about a month ago, the first documentary movie on, I like the way they've mentioned it, CCP virus. So don't even call it the coronavirus, the Communist Party of China virus. <laughs> That's what they call it. <laughs> uh, communist so. CCP? How does that stand for Communist Party of oh, CPC? No, CCP, I think it's... I think it's... Uh, do you know how... Uh, Russia used to have CCCP, which meant in uh, in 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 Russian it meant the Soviet Socialist Republic, Union of Soviet Socialist Republic. So I think uh, uh, CCP that. is another name for the Communist People's Party of uh, China or something like that. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, tr- tracking down the origins of the Wuhan coronavirus is really interesting, man. It's like it's spooky actually. Uh, some of the things they say dude it's like a Bond movie man it's like sinister it's like there's some secret society out there so do they and, uh, do they name specific really, people I guess that they're saying did this or is it just organizations at large no dude it's really in depth they're naming people they got doctors they got proper it's not just like a ad hoc conspiracy theory it's a it's a, the Epoch Times is that an American uh, uh, journal I'm not sure but it's got the Epoch Epoch Times is what who's made the documentary, and they keep quoting the Lancet 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 newspaper. I think Lancet is American, and uh, they're basically saying that, amongst other things, they said basically the COVID nineteen uh, could was a virus which was created just created because there's an S S protein in it, which uh, was basically uh, isolated through research from the last SARS epidemic where they removed the S protein and they were doing trials because they said the COVID-19, the molecular structure is such that it cannot affect human beings unless it has been engineered to do so. And uh, S protein from from the last SARS uh, epidemic. And they also said some, they've taken some from HIV They've taken a few uh, proteins on it, I think, and uh, they've injected it into this so that it can affect human beings. Otherwise, it could not, the, the structure as such. Amongst many other things, though, they, you know, they even talk about how they talk about the Wuhan uh, uh, wet markets, as was originally uh, understood to be the, the source of all of this. Uh, but as they did some research, they realized that it's not. And it's just, it's really eye-opening. It's very technical, so I can't quote a lot in it about it because, you know, I'm not qualified to. Uh, but if you, if you if you watch it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> we'll have to give it a whirl. Yes. Yeah. Watch it. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Well, yeah. So where do you want to start? Oh, it started, man. This is it. (laughs) We're already in. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Did you hear about Donald Trump? Uh, in what capacity? Uh, Donald Trump is uh, going to curb the, uh, the media rights of the uh, of social media companies. He's going to try to the freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw yeah. something about that. I mean, what he? I mean. Okay, so technically his term ends potentially at the end of this year, right? So if he doesn't get, you know, re-elected, I don't really see foresee him being able to pass something by the end of this year that would curb the media rights of uh, companies to that degree that quickly. He doesn't have enough support, I think, for that kind of a thing. I can do it, though, you know. I think he's just he broke up a little bit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just breaking left, up a little bit. Yeah, I said he'll have to pass an executive order, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if he are you saying if he approached it from that standpoint? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's technically true. He could have passed an executive order, but I feel like the revolt that would occur as a result of that would be his death bell as well. I don't think he really, I mean, okay, let me, I was going to say, I don't really think he thinks, but I mean, that's, that's obvious, so I don't know why he even decided to say that. Um, but mm. Yeah, that be that mean you you can't curtail people in that fashion just because they're not agreeing with your point of view or just because they're making fun of you. Yeah. Um and yeah. you know, and he's even alienating his own people and his own media in that in that way. So uh if he did do so, I don't foresee it being good for him. So hey, maybe he should try it. That would be more uh or make it a lot easier for him not to uh, succeed in this election, in my opinion. But I don't, I don't see it happening realistically. I think he's just doing what he usually does, which is just saying whatever nonsense first comes into his head when he's frustrated, and then um, you know dealing with the, and then he'll change his mind or he'll just forget he even said it in a day or two. Hmm. Go for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's pretend that's what the word means. <laughs> saying it and forgetting it. The act of saying something and forgetting it. Kofefe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, man. No, but I've been, I've been really glued on to this. Uh, I'm a conspiracy theory junkie. But um, yesterday I was watching another uh, segment uh, by Al Jazeera about, well, you know, China's is uh, is a bully we always knew that i mean the united states also is but i think right now china is a bigger bully perhaps the most sinister one and now you know what china is doing right china is basically fueling its expansionist uh, agenda all over again and uh, things are getting really heated on the india is a huge uh, troop movement and uh, because they know everybody you know everybody's in lockdown right at the moment so they're doing that here they did that, I think, uh, I think in Indonesia. Don't quote me on that. Oh, yeah, we, they went in a Chinese uh, a cruiser, I think, went and uh, rammed into a, and sunk a Vietnamese shipping boat, a uh, fishing boat. And China and Vietnam are actually allies, you know. So it's fueling up its uh, expansionist policies again, man. Well, you know, it's and... interesting. Um uh alongside that um i was reading the other day about um iron ore uh production and sales i was just looking into it for something completely different um in terms of just an investment um but right now you know most most um uh natural resources are are down because people aren't you know either working or or um you know, producing as much due to like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of businesses being, um, you know, shut down currently across the world. And obviously alongside that, you know, there's less, uh, 
less uh, building and, you know, like I said, production going on. Um, but the one seemingly odd or, you know, the one uh, resource that is like really up compared to what was at the beginning of the year is uh, iron ore. And oddly enough, the country that is purchasing or I think it, if I read it correctly or if I remember correctly, I should say, uh, around roughly around 70% of the iron ore or something like that that's being purchased is being purchased by China currently. Um, and, you know, on the one hand, you could say, okay, well, there's the fact that, you know, they dealt with, they started dealing with the coronavirus first and, um, you know, they've recovered more quickly from it as a result of, you know, dealing with it first and, um, or having to deal with it first, you know, and everything like that. And then also having a type of government in which you can, you know, is much more um, in control of the people. And so therefore they can shut things down more thoroughly. Um, but yeah, so China, you know, is the only one really buying iron ore right now. And they're using that iron ore to build a lot of infrastructure and push uh, production up higher than it even was um, prior to, or, you know, um, the coronavirus. So it's, uh, that's an interesting uh, uh, thought, I guess, or not interesting thought, but an, I guess an interesting perspective on it in the fact that, like, uh, are they buying that just because they are, you know, one of the few countries who, I guess, at this point in time is less affected due to, like, when they first started dealing with it? Or was that kind of a plan the entire time for, you know, as you were describing, um, expansionist policy? Or maybe they're just capitalizing on, you know, what's going on. Uh, but that's, uh, yeah, it's interesting that those, I didn't, you know, those things might be connected. Well, uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, just to add to what you said, um, it makes total sense, man. Look at, look at when the coronavirus started, you know. At that point in time, Hong Kong was burning up, right? Uh, Taiwan's elections were happening. Um, the whole U.S.-China trade treaty was being questioned again and being changed and not in favor of China. And everything was going uh, opposite of what they wanted. And, you know, China's a communist nation. I'm sorry to say this, but, you know, one death is a tragedy, but a million deaths is a statistic, right? So for China uh, to lose 100,000 people uh, being the soulless uh, uh, communist uh, organization that runs the country, the, the politics, the government being soulless, I don't think they really care if they lose 100,000 people if they could gain, you know, immensely through, uh, uh, through, through uh, you know, whatever they're doing, their expansionism, their, you know, their, uh, monetary gains and basically everything now i mean china and i don't think china's really been affected financially yes they might have been affected but they know they can get it all back they've already been prepared like you said they're already buying the iron ore so i think china was ready already for it okay now yeah man so uh, whether they actually leaked this or was, was it something that they created and lost control of I don't know about that, but I'm definitely, I'm almost certain that China did create this. I think it should be called the Chinese virus, not the coronavirus. Because I think China created it in a lab. Whether they leaked it or it, or they lost control of it, that's something I, I guess I will never know. But they definitely seem ready to face the consequences of, uh, of what was going to happen. And um, look at them now, man. They're just, they're just winning everywhere, you know? And... Yeah, it's uh, something to think about. I don't think we're going to get... India's getting worse by the day. They opened flying and uh, domestic flights, not international flights, but they opened domestic flights. And we've already got... I think it's been three days since we started. I think we've already got like 12 or four, 12 to 15 people uh, who've been confirmed with the coronavirus. I know it's a very small number, but this is only 12, 15 people uh, as passengers. So, you know, uh, the domino effect of that could be... You're saying much that they, they've had 12 to 15 more people, is that what you said? 12 to, 12 to 15 pe passengers. They've just started flying. Oh, oh the ago, flight, flight. And they've already got 12 to 15 confirmed 
uh, cases of passengers. Okay. And obviously, you know, now you're going to quarantine everybody and you're going to check everybody. And, you know, it's a big mess, man. <laughs> yeah. But tell me, what's your opinion on uh, opening up the economy? We were, we were talking about it the other day. Well, I mean, like, sim- okay, we uh, sp- talking about what we, we were talking about before, um, you know, inevitably, one way or the other, whether this is man-made or via nature, inevitably, if we don't do something to start production back, um, you know, the average person isn't going to be sustained, isn't going to be able to sustain their, themselves. And as we've seen in, you know, you know, the past, at least in the U.S. and the Great Depression, and and not, I mean, I guess actually the Great Depression was everywhere across the world, really, um, back in the 20s. But like, what you can tell is anytime a population or a country uh, stagnates in terms of their ability to produce and uh, make money or like have their their citizens make money, it causes far more, um, far, it has far reach, more far reaching effects than just, you know, your ability to bring home, you know, a paycheck. Uh, you know, every time, you know, again, for example, in the 2008, market crash that again affected the entire world you know big part of that start was in the u.s and then the u.s toppling forced or not toppling but um you know losing so much value so quickly forced a lot of other countries to lose their value and it even had a huge detrimental effect on um on uh what's it called Uh, on uh greece's economy which is you know crazy but so like you know it's it's a domino effect and so it's like at what point do we decide okay you know, if you knock over, if you've got a row of dominoes, right, and you knock one over, they're all going to fall eventually. So the only way to stop them all falling is in some manner to, you know, put something in between the next domino and stop that from happening. And in the same manner, and in the same way, like in, in, if we don't put some, or not put, but like if we don't change something about what we're currently doing in terms of how we're dealing with this, um, then the whole thing's going to fall now what or how quickly i mean you know i'd like i said and you know I, I i again this isn't my idea particularly this is somebody another um story i was reading as somebody else's idea but the, it makes sense is like why are we having everybody it's like okay so if i got sick well i mean yeah, if i have to take a medicine for something it's not as if I'm going to have my entire family take the medicine, right? Because I'm the one who's got the problem. Um, but that's what we're doing right now is instead mm-hmm. of like having the specific people who are most at risk and granted, you know, um, everybody is potentially at risk to a certain percentage or degree, you know, one way or the other, but there's certainly people who are more or less at risk. Um, and if we, rather than having everybody live under the same circumstances, if we have those specific people, taking the precautions um, and living under these circumstances and um, living with uh, these restrictions in place, it would make more sense in terms of allowing the rest of the population. And I'm not saying this just in terms of like, oh, I want to go out to a bar and drink, which granted I do, but that's not my point. My point is people's ability to like make money and bring it home. It's like, if everybody can't do it, I mean, if everybody is not susceptible to it, then we need to set in place some policies in which, the people who are susceptible to it are, you know, are being enforced or restricted versus everybody. And yeah, um, you know, not to say like we should remove, let's say, wearing masks in public or in certain places. Yeah, that should maybe still be a thing. But at the same time, shutting down every business because of this is not realistic. Um, there's steps you can take outside of just saying we are open and we are closed, you know, versus, uh, you know, for what we're doing currently it's like you know it's not just a or b it's um there could be a c option and a d option and so what those are and how i mean not what they are but like what they are really is just not having everybody restricted you know if you're over the age of like like right now you can look at the um statistics for um it's called for age and sex and pre-existing conditions as far as the people who have contracted it and the percentage of people who died or the people who died of it. And if you look at the st- statistics, um, 
the number of deaths that have occurred for people between the ages of zero and 17 and nine deaths in the entire world. Um, oh, that's less. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Actually, this is, this yeah. is um, U.S. that I'm looking at for these, for this, for these numbers. Um, it's too low, man. Yeah, nine it's would be low for the entire world. <laughs> but, okay, but like, you know, let's say, okay, but again, like the U.S. is what, the number one in the world in terms of cases so if in the u.s we have nine deaths for zero to 17 years old you must extrapolate that out to like the fact that the rest of the world has obviously comparatively you would be expecting them to have lower a lower number than nine in terms of you know zero to 17 years old which accounts for 0.06 percent of the population for 18 to 44 you have 601 deaths in the u.s which accounts for 3.9 percent of our population or 3.9 percent of the number of deaths i'm sorry not the population 3.9 percent of the number of deaths um and for 45 to 64 it's roughly 22.4 percent of the deaths um for 65 to 74 24.9 of the deaths and for 75 plus it's 48.7 percent of the deaths so if you're looking at those numbers, it's, you can easily can you, say sorry, that, man, okay. Can you, can you do the statistics again? Because I think I lost you in the middle. So. Bad signal, sure. another bloody side effect of the coronavirus. Everything shut down. Dude, <laughs> um, uh, start yeah. from 0 to, 16, what, 0 to 18, 17? 0 to 17. Yeah. So 0 to 17 has... Um, 0.06% of the, and again, these are US numbers, but we can extrapolate out from there, obviously, or at least generalize, I should say. Um, has 0.6% of the deaths that have occurred have been between the ages of 0 and 17. Less than 1%, um, less than, uh, basically less than, um, you know, not even point, yeah, yeah, less than 1%, a little over half a percent. Um, yeah. Uh, and between 18 and 44, it's 3.9% of the deaths uh, at 601 in total. Uh, for 45 to 64 years, it's 22.4% of the deaths at a number of 3,413. At 65 to 74 years, it's 24.9% of the deaths at a number of 3,788. And at 75 years, 48.7% of the deaths at 7,419. So and that's a total of 15,230 um, deaths. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay, so I'm sorry. I was, yes, again, this is New York in particular, not just the whole U.S., I don't know why it can do that okay. instead of everything, but. Um, but what, what you're basically but, explaining is. But yeah, so overall, uh, though, if you look you can extrapolate. Yeah, you can extrapolate out that overall, if you look at it, if you're less than, yeah. you know, over over 75% of the of the deaths are people age 65 or older, you know? Exactly. So it's like, okay, so yeah. that's a specific, obviously that population is the most at risk by far. Um, yeah. and so, okay, so why is then that everybody, and again, 65 and older, most of those people aren't working currently. Yeah. So it's like, why are we restricting the people who are working, who are under the, that age and are working and are producing for the country from going and doing their jobs when they are not very much at, or comparatively, comparatively not as at risk, um, and then obviously if you if you remove um i'm sorry if you include like under people with or without underlying conditions over 75 percent of those people who have passed had underlying conditions and then of the information they know about like some of them did not have any and then some are unknown if they had underlying conditions or not so of the one in which they know that they had no underlying conditions it was 0.7%. Um, oh, that's ridiculous, man. That's too small a number, really. Yeah. So, 0.7%. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, you know, 
I get, I, you know, I get the initial cause for it because we had no idea what the circumstances were. We didn't know who was most at risk. We didn't know how fast or how it spread exactly. So, you know, taking the steps we did initially made sense, may, make and made sense. But as time goes on and it, it becomes more and more clear that one, this is not going to be going away in a couple months. And two, we will not have a vaccine um, anytime soon, potentially, you know, we have to find another way of functioning that doesn't cause the rest of the world or the rest of the, you know, the, the world at large to shut down and, and start to uh, uh, decay, so to speak. I mean, that's really long term. That's really what's going to happen. If people can't, you know, pay for food, if they can't pay for electricity, if they can't pay for, you know, their rent, their mortgage and all that stuff, you know, there's going to be more than just worrying about somebody, whether or not they get sick, there's going to be riots, there's going to be theft, there's going to be, you know, essentially civil war um, within countries and between countries because people will need things and they don't can't get them any other way. Um, and, you know, somebody who's got, uh, you know, if there's a, you know, I'm, don't have any kids, but if, you know, if I had a daughter or a son and they needed food and I didn't have a way of, you know, getting money or anything at a certain point, I'm going to try to figure something out. And that might be, you know, taking from my neighbor, as sad as that sounds, not, I would hope I wouldn't have to, or wouldn't do that. But at some point, like, you know, you get desperate enough and you're going to do things you never thought you would do, which is kind of potentially what yeah, man. we lead to if we don't find some other way of um, dealing with this. So, yeah, opening up needs to happen. I mean, yeah, there's definitely ways of taking steps back from where we are. And I think that's, I think that's, I mean, obviously that's where, where we're moving towards, at least in the U.S. we are. We're trying to slowly move towards taking steps back from the, from the um, more complete restrictions that we've had, opening up certain establishments and everything like that. Um, and I think obviously in the U.S. We, we're kind of entitled people. Um, so I feel like we, we will protest things that we maybe don't need. Like nobody really needs to go to a bar. I don't need to go to the, go to a bar. I don't need to go to a movie theater, but we enjoy those things. And they're kind of parts of what make, you know, living life, um, enjoyable, you know, maybe for certain people. And so when people don't have that, they're, you know, they get frustrated and they, uh, cause problems sometimes. So finding ways of, you know, a happy medium, so to speak, you know, finding a happy medium would be, is our, is our next step. And that needs to happen sooner than later. Yeah. Can you hear yeah, me? I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. Uh, yeah. Just adding to what you were saying, dude. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, the way things are going, people aren't talking about stuff. People are thinking about like, look, you know what? I'm good. I got money in the bank. I can, you know, I can write it out. Let it last another two or three months. It doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank account eventually, dude. You know, the thing is people aren't talking about this. The supply chain is getting affected in such a big way. Now you might have money in, in the bank, but there's nothing you can buy. It's going to be like, uh, like a post-war depression, like you said, like like the like, like the 20s or you know after Second World War or you know how Zimbabwe got or something. You know, there's nothing that you can buy, and your loaf of bread is gonna cost you maybe a hundred dollars by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, and that's just gonna le lead to like you said, civil disobedience. You know, it's just like we're just gonna start reading stuff. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So you gotta start opening things up. And I'm I'm in agreement with you, uh, in the sense that, yeah, the, the the percentage of the population that is being affected by it uh, is rather, or rather, the percentage of the population that it is fatal for is uh, rather a small number, and they're not really part of the workforce anymore. I mean, obviously, some percentage of it might be, but a large percentage of it is not. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, but in countries like India, it's a little different, though, because most people here live with their parents. You could be 50 years old and you could have done extremely well for yourself in life. It's more reason why you would live with your parents, because here it is a custom to take, uh, take care of your, uh, of your parents. 
and not just India, I would say Asian cultures are similar. I can't speak about South America, but I know in the West it's different. I mean, you still take care of your parents, but you live separately. So you might not be um, uh, close enough to, uh, to pass it on to them, but here it's very easy to pass it on to them, man. So it's a bit of a tricky situation. But then you got to start. You have to open, man. You can't not open. If you don't open, um, yeah, you're going to have trouble. People have spoken about, you know, metering it, like, in a way that you don't have to go, like, open in a few few days a week, maybe. At least get the business started, right? And, uh, you know, dude, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I've enjoyed the quarantine because uh, it's I was in a stage, stage of burnout <laughs> in my career. So it was good for me catching up on rest and I've been generally in a good mood, but there are a lot of people who are actually being affected uh, mentally in a very big way. You know, people are isolated. People aren't used to doing this. People aren't used to just sitting at home. And as nice as it sounds that you just sit at home and just watch TV and, you know, take it easy. After a while, it leads to, uh, it leads to depression. And I can only imagine what happens once it properly opens up how it's going to affect uh, marriages, you know, <laughs> a lot of them are going to get affected. I think it's going to lead to a lot of broken marriages by the end of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, what do you think? people who, uh, you know, used to have, like, for example, I mean, I, I like to lift weights, you know, that's part of my, I started out doing yeah. it, you know, because I physically wanted to look a certain way, but then after a while, it just became like my own form of um, mental health and meditation a little bit too. That's the way I view it alongside the other yeah. physical benefits too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, at this point in my life, it's more so I just say I don't feel mentally good if I don't have that part of my life going. And I'm fortunate in the fact that like, you know, I've got um, weights and stuff at home so I can still keep keep up with that routine. But for the vast majority of people who are involved with that kind of thing, they do don't have much at home. There's nothing wrong. You don't really need, you know, anything to work out potentially if you've got a little bit of um, creativity, ingenuity, and you're willing to do something a little bit different. But at the same time, you know, to say that uh, for like, you know, gyms are not, not are non-essential businesses, I think, is a skewed point of view because. You're only looking at it from the physical perspective and not from the mental health perspective. It's like for some people, that time that they have, whether it's a 20 minutes or an hour in the gym is like their only time to get their head right or to feel like they're completely like, you know, removed from stress or to relieve some stress from their from their job or from their home life. Um, and they don't have it anymore. And then for the people, like you said, like, you know, couples or families who you know, had full-time jobs and stuff like that and saw each other, you know, maybe or five six hours out of the day as a result you know maybe eight hours a day as a result besides sleeping um are now spending 24 hours a day together um which you know like you said it's nice perhaps at first but that can also be frustrating because i know a lot of people need their own time and their own space in order to feel at home in them in their own mind um and to be constantly around even somebody you love it can be frustrating if that's the kind of person you are, where you need a little bit of your alone time. And uh, even like, you know, here in, they've shut down, I mean, I guess in most places too, but here, like, you know, they shut down all parks and or things are opening back up, but they shut down, initially they shut down all parks and outdoor spaces too, which is kind of like crazy because it's like, okay, so not only am I forced inside and like, or I'm not forced inside, I'm forced to not be able to go anywhere out as far as like business wise and um, in terms of normal pastimes, but I can't even walk around in the park anymore. Like things like that, just uh, it takes, a, it doesn't take into a, account the, you know, mental health aspect of these kinds of situations. And, you know, maybe that can last for one month, two months, you know, th maybe three months, but it can't last for a year. It can't last for two years. I mean, look at people in prison. You don't stay in prison for, what, a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, or more without having changes to your psyche, without, you know, really becoming depressed and having things wrong. And not to say that this is the same as being in prison, you know, because technically I can go outside at any point in time. I can do a lot of different stuff. 
but at the same time, psychologically speaking, if you're used to more, then it can be a prison, like feel like a prison. Um, you know, and that's not to um, you know downgrade anybody's prison experience or anybody's experience in any kind of form of like restrictive lifestyle. Uh, but it's just to say that, you know, relative what one person can handle and another person can handle is two different things. And so long-term, but no matter what long-term, it does have a negative effect on you and you need to take that into account. And um, right now it's not being taken into account. And it's, it's uh Yeah, man, I'm, I, I foresee a lot of depression happening already. I'm pretty sure it's going to lead to a lot of depression. And uh, uh Again, you know, but the thing is, these this conversation that we're having about, you know, uh, loneliness and uh, depression, these are all basically uh, what you call, the, these are privileged conversations we're having right now because we are bored because we have nothing to do. You know, we don't have to think about feeding ourselves and stuff like that. We're lucky enough to be able to, you know, not have a problem when it comes to that. But in India, a lot of people, and not just India, in I think a major part of the world where I, I've not looked at this, the facts, but I think majority of the world is it's poor, not affluent, right? So um, whenever the, most of the people who are who come in that category are daily wage workers. And those guys are affected in a very big way because their concern is not, oh man, can I go out and have a drink? Or I just want to go for my evening walk. Or I can't stand my wife anymore. It's uh, how do I feed my kid? How do I feed myself? Do you know what I mean? Will I have shelter today? What if it starts raining? It's going to start raining in India very soon. I wonder what's going to happen, man. So that's another thing. Do you know another thing? It really seems like the end of the world is coming because do you know what the, what happened in India recently? Uh, a swarm of locusts attacked a city in the west coast of India. Uh, yeah, they were going through all of um, Africa too when this first started. Yeah, that's where they came from. And now they're headed towards Mumbai. In fact, they've reached Mumbai. So I've got all my windows closed and I've made sure everything is just locked up. <laughs> you know, mm. it's, the arm, it's the apocalypse, man. It's Armageddon. <laughs> Weird yeah. shit. Yeah. But, yeah, man. But, you know, if that documentary, I'm going back to that documentary of the coronavirus, man. Dude, the way they described how, you know, the genesis of, of, the, of, of the virus and how it is meticulously engineered in such a way uh, that not only will it affect a person, it will be widespread. And, uh, and this was not only understood by, I can't remember the name, names of the doctors, but a lot of Chinese doctors, but uh, an American doctor also had uh, the privilege of uh, examining whatever this is uh, before the outbreak. And his words in in the journal that he wrote eventually is that if this actually happens, it's going to lead to widespread, uh, basically a pandemic. And that's come exactly true, man. So it's, it's a scary thing. And it also says that this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, this is just phase A. It had there a lot of other potentially dangerous uh, pandemic viruses just, you know, under uh, under observation in, uh, in that lab and in Wuhan, it's uh, called the CD, CDC or something. And uh, basically, so yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, people say that post the the virus, whenever they do create a vaccine, I don't know if they're close to creating a vaccine, but they do. And whenever this lockdown ends, we have to really take a look at ourselves and change the way we live and all of that stuff. I wonder what are the lessons we learned, man? What are the lessons? Like, keep uh, keep your surroundings clean. Wash your hands. Aren't we always, already supposed to do that? Uh, what else are you going to do? Uh, don't cough on somebody else's face. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, I try not to do that anyways. Uh, what else is it, man? Wash your hands. Yeah, well, I'm going to do that now. My mom's been telling me to do it since I was a kid, but I'm going to take that seriously. What well, else? Funny, you know, what 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 else that you're gonna learn? Not talk to people, not hug somebody, not be intimate. What? Like stay stay away, be isolated. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I want to learn a lesson from this all, but 
but i don't know what lesson is there to learn <laughs> the only lesson i've learned from all of this is like life is short go have some fun before something you can't control comes and fucking kills you overnight that's the only lesson i've learned from this yeah i mean i think that, i think that's a that's a that's true i mean it's a relevant point for everybody though i mean life is short you should take it enjoy it for what it is like and that, uh, appreciating everything even like you said even now like um appreciating the fact like you know there are some people who are like as bored not as bored i'm sorry as much as i'd like to have i am a very we're both very social people um you know we like to talk to people we like to meet new people we like to go out and things like that and as much as that part of my life has definitely um um obviously been subdued as a result of all of this you know you know appreciating fortunate we are for what we do have is important but on the other side of it like you know what what um what do i learn from this like you said like i don't think there's any particular on a personal level i don't think there's any lesson either that we necessarily should learn but also i don't even think that even if there was a lesson that we should learn ricky i gotta i gotta I gotta stop you, man. I gotta, I gotta ask you to do this again. We got a really bad network, man. I can hear you like intermittent, like you come and go. Are you like, uh, I don't know, is it my internet or yours? I'm not sure. But this throughout this conversation, we've had pretty bad internet. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I've had full bars, um, so. Ah, okay. I, this is clean now. That's probably me. Can you start again about, uh, like, like we were talking about? What are the yeah, yeah. So, um. You know, like you were saying, like appreciating what you have. Um, I think, I think, I think if anything, that is the biggest lesson because uh, when you look at anything else you could take from this, like you were saying, like, oh, learn to wash your hands better, learn to, you know, have better um, food, um, either uh, food practices when it comes to like what we eat and like how we, how we take, like, uh, I guess, keep that stuff fresh or good and, and keeping that kind of thing in mind, all that kind of thing. Uh, uh, or how, how, you know, clean we are when we are interacting with people or how much we interact with people. On the one hand, it's like, okay, that's true. All of that's true. But on the other hand, it's like, what is realistic to say that like people are actually going to do? Um, it's funny because I, um, I saw this thing just yesterday on Facebook and I don't, I don't like Facebook and I don't go on there often, but I like to say happy birthday to people on Facebook. So I keep it. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you're not on Facebook, yeah, not getting a birthday wish from me because I don't know anybody's birthdays exactly. anymore. It's just so sad. So, <laughs> uh, but I saw this nurse, and this is something I've been saying for like you know a few months now because I just I've seen as I you know I'll go out to go shopping or go to work and I see people wearing gloves, and this nurse made a video and I thought it was great because she made it so crystal clear about how stupid people are being about these kinds of things when they think they're being safe or smart, and she made a point to be like, okay, she you know she had put on some gloves. And she's like, okay, so you're going out to uh, go shopping for your groceries that you need, blah, blah, blah. You wear your mask. And then you, you know, you, you get out of your car, you decide to put on some gloves because you want to be more safe. You don't want to get anything on your hands. So you put on your gloves, you walk into the store and you're going through your, you know, your process of, you know, going everything. And all of a sudden you get a text message. So you take your phone out. Right. And she, then she puts some like paint on her hands just to represent germs, you know, because she's been touching the different items that she's picking up with her gloves. And so obviously at a certain point, you know, the gloves get germs on them. And she's like, okay, cool. So now you're halfway through your shopping and you're in your phone tech, you get a text. So you pull it out, you respond to the text. And now there's, you know, the paint is all over your phone, which in reality, the paint represents germs. So the germs are all over your phone now, right? So you put the phone back in your pocket. Now your pocket has uh, those same germs inside of it, but you know, maybe you don't put your hands in your pocket otherwise. Cool. So you continue, continue. Then you get a phone call, you know, you're, it's your, it's your wife, it's your husband calling and saying, Hey babe, can you pick up this as well? And you're like, sure. Let me pick up that as well. Now those same germs that were on your gloves that are now that were then on your phone are now on your face. Right. And then even while you're shopping, you know, you touch your face cause you got a, you, your nose itches or you got a scratch on the side of your head. And uh, so you get back into your car and this is the one that really, I think is hilarious is when people get back in their car and they don't take the gloves off. Now they're driving in their car with the gloves on that they just touched everything in the store with. And now the inside of their car has all these germs as well. And so it's like, you know, we like to think that we're being safe and that we've learned a lesson from like, okay, watching all the videos and saying, okay, wash your hands X many, you know, 20 seconds and do it every time you touch something. And she's like, but the reality is 
people either are too forgetful or too negligent and don't recognize when they're doing things that just are not, you know, realistic. And so, you know, like you were saying, so in terms of lessons learned, I think the only lesson you can take from this, honestly, is to appreciate what you... What is that? You got cut off again. What do you have? Appreciate what you got, man. But that's... Okay, I get that. I totally understand. I'm for that. But that's on an individual uh, basis. We as a society apparently have to learn something. And I've been thinking about it. What do we learn as a society? The only only thing I can think about as a society, if you have to learn something, is uh, being uh, self-sustained, right? I mean, a, a country, the basis of a country, the foundation of a country is uh, economy is to be self-sustained so that, you know, they don't have to import everything. But now, at least in the recent past, the world has become such a small place that importing something from somewhere else or exporting somewhere, something somewhere is not even, I mean, I don't even think about it. Like if I have to get something from the States, something it's, it's just a click of a button for me. It's no big deal, you know, and even the shipping charges and for most things, at least I'm not talking about heavy machinery, but everything else is, is just so simple. Um, but I like, I think you, you spoke about this last time too. Uh, if you shut down the economy, it's, uh, it's like shutting down a part of your brain and, and or a part of your body rather and it's gonna it's gonna your body's gonna operate after for for a while and then slowly one 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 by one your organs are gonna stop working you're gonna go into a coma and uh i think this is uh, tantamount to that because right now uh our economy is affected now in the future if something happens somewhere for example i don't want to say china but most likely it's going to happen again in china if it has to start somewhere and if we're so dependent on China, do you know 90% of the world's pharmaceuticals are manufactured in China? 90%. Dude, that's ridiculous. I'm not talking about the research. I'm talking about manufacturing. Right? I'm not saying they got the biggest pharmaceutical country or companies. Just the manufacturing of this. Right? And in fact, the same documentary I saw is also... No, that was not a documentary. Sorry, they spoke about that. The pharmaceutical companies of China came together, created a cartel... And they basically took over the world market. And the other the other big companies in the world were basically American, Indian, uh, German, and I think some Swiss ones, you know. And they basically ran them all off uh, because they just cut costs so much. And then when, once they had the market, they started raising the prices again. So then again, you know, we're just basically dependent on China again. Or if not China tomorrow, it's going to be, you know, back in the day, it was perhaps USSR or in the previous era, it was, you know, United Kingdom or America right now. So I think we have to start being more self-sufficient as a society. Because, look, we can preach hygiene uh, all we want. But all they're asking us to do in the coronavirus is basic hygiene. It's not something new. They're not asking you to shave off your head or something. They're just saying, fucking wash your hands, man. And that's what we're supposed to do anyways. So, yes, from an individual perspective... 100% like a shot, you know, be sensible, but live your dreams. You know, I'm not saying get a job and live on the street, but go pursue your dream. Don't don't forget that. Whatever that dream may be, however silly that is. Uh, but from a society's perspective, I think self-sustenance is all I can think about. I'm not going to say, you know, uh, don't travel as much and, you know, be isolated from other people. I think that's, that's a horrible idea. I hope that doesn't I hope people stop. People don't think, think that, all right, you know what? I'm not going to travel anymore. I'm just going to stay at home and just live here and die here. I hope that never happens. Because I think I'm pretty sure people are going to be scared for a very long time after this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, man, I'm looking forward to our next trip. Well, where are you planning on going? Uh, what's your dream destination once the, the virus gets over? Not work, just a holiday. Mm. Just traveling. Like I said uh, last time, I think either for me, it's either the big pool is either probably South America or or um, Eastern Europe. Sorry, I lost you, man. Uh, I, I lost your internet. South America or is? Eastern Europe. Or South Eastern America. Europe? Yeah. Can't go wrong with Eastern Europe, man. Or South I America. Think, honestly, <laughs> I, I think I'll probably America, more lean sure. towards South America just because it's warm. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's your turn, Mom. Uh, at least not in the movie. You know, beaches. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm. Sorry. Yeah. I keep losing that. I'm keen on. I really want to see. Uz- yeah, I really want to see Uzbekistan. I wonder if that happened. You said what? Yeah. I said I really want to see mm. Uzbekistan and Mongolia. That'd be cool too. I don't know why. I have this thing. I want to go to. I also really want to go to Iran. Actually, yeah, I'm gonna go to Mongolia, Iran, and Uzbekistan. These are my three the top three countries I'm really at the moment really keen on seeing. So I think I think for me, like I, I think the reason I you know when you the way you worded it like you know vacation like definitely that's why I think of South America and those places because those are places I would want to go and just like spend like you know a few weeks maybe month tops. Whereas places like like Uzbekistan or, or even and countries like that, I mean, or in that area, like I would like to do like a, a trek, like you know, just like a, a six month long like you know journey where I'm like walking from place to place or from or taking like a you know a train or local rides and really getting, um, I guess a bigger, uh, more in depth experience than just a vacation. Oh yeah, that this is traveling territory. Yeah. Holidays are different, right? We're talking about traveling, like, yeah, so about a couple of months, you know, maybe. I mean, I think if somebody, if you go from the United States to Iran, it'll be a very big change for you. It'll be so much more to discover for you. But for me, like, if I go to Iran, we've got similar sort yeah, of yeah, culture, yeah. in a in a very actually very similar culture. And but I'm just fascinated by the architecture there, and I really want to see Persopolis. Before something stupid happens and it, you know, it's it's already been burned down once. I mean, whatever is left, I want to see that, and uh, I want to see Samarkand really bad. We've got similarities with the Uzbeks as well, but there'll still be a lot of new things for me to discover culturally. Even in Iran, actually, there'll be just just a beautiful culture of the Persian culture. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, dude. Um, I'm gonna have to end this conversation. But because I got two percent battery left, <laughs> and where where my charger is, the internet doesn't seem to be working. Really yeah. Well. But yeah, man, it was a awesome chat, dude. You know. Yeah, it was good. Come up with some questions, yeah. like so, you know, list of uh, stuff next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this again. Yes. All right. All right, man. You'll be you good. Too. Peace. Peace out.